0: Another edition of The Word with Jeff and Robin Pruitt. We are so delighted you have joined us today. Honey, how are you feeling today?
1: I'm feeling
0: good. (laughs) Tell us the truth. How are you feeling, feeling?
1: You know what? Um, yeah, I think that, uh, that little stomach flu is just kind of lasted a little bit longer than I was hoping it was going to last, but I'm, you know, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. You are the so. healed of the Lord. That's right.
0: Hallelujah. And we're back, back
1: in the studio, so that's...
0: Praying people like myself, it only took 24 hours to get through, so it's not a big deal for people like me.
1: Oh, oh.
0: But it's something people can attain to. But I
1: also think that the devil um, comes to really torment those that he knows, you know, um, that he's afraid of. okay, okay.
0: Suffering, I see. Yeah. With the suffering element on this thing. Praise the Lord. Well, we're so glad to join you today. We're back in the studio last week. We were, because of some things that happened, we weren't able to get into the studio last week. And so we did it live from home, which was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, We should do that again. I think people enjoy that uh, from time to time. But we are back in the studio today. We do have some great things to share. As a matter of fact, you came to me yesterday, uh, which is usually our style, Monday m- morning, hey, what do you feel like God's saying for the broadcast on, on Tuesday? Well, Tuesday's when we record, Thursday's when we air it. And um, and uh, you said that you really felt like God put something in your spirit about value. Or I don't know how you're wording this today. Yeah. But tell us about that. And then, of course, I have some things I want to share as well.
1: Well, you know, first of all, let me just say, let's like and share this so that it can get out. Value this. Yeah. 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 If you value the word of God, if you value, um, you know, being able to be evangelistic, then that's a perfect opportunity for you to like and share this right now, so that people that um, they don't even know maybe that we do this mm-hmm. will see it on your feed and they'll be able to hop on and also like hear that. this. And and I really do believe that people um, they need to hear this. And um, seriously, I was you know I I woke up one morning I was just like you know what I want us just to talk about. Value and what we value, and um, you know, the value that we place on things.
0: You know what? I think honestly, I'm not going to cut you off. No, yeah. um, But I'm going to cut you off because I want you to tell maybe a little bit of what you went through whatever day it was because you did share it on Sunday with the people at church but maybe share with the viewers that are watching hmm. they this is this is what they're they like to watch the podcast and that's what they get they either listen to it or they watch it tell us a little bit about that
1: well you know Saturday night um i you know gone to bed everything was great normal you know night and but i woke up in the middle of the night and just it it was it started out with just a thought and we had talked that week um, on our podcast about worry, and just one little thought came to my head. It was just a thing that um, I just thought about, and, I, and, and it instantly was just like there was just a worry about that. Well, I'm telling you what, it went from zero to sixty, from worrying about this one little thing that came to my, you know, to, to my head, to where I was overwhelmed with dread i mean it was i dread and anything and everything i could think of Mm. was going through my head so fast and everything was dread everything was negative everything was what i don't you know what i don't have what i don't see what i don't feel what um you know what i don't see for my future all that was just dread 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 and I could not sleep all night. And so something and, and in dread. Just
0: so people know, uh, it's great fear. Uh, it's um, anticipation with great apprehension or fear. Right is what that is—an apprehension or fear.
1: Right. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, it was things that. Um, I mean, I, I as I was feeling this, as these thoughts were just overwhelming me. Um, there was part of my you know, my, that my spirit man that was just like, you got to stop. You got to take command over this thing. You've got to, you know, um, we got to look at things differently right now. And um, so I just began to just pray in the spirit. That's all I could do. I couldn't even think of anything to say really. So I just started praying in the spirit, believing for that thing to be broken and lifted off. And so Sunday I knew when it was during praise and worship that I needed to pray for people because mm-hmm. I wasn't the only one who, who's been experiencing this. And, um, I, we've got a lot of great testimonies that have already come in of people that, yes, I've been experiencing dread. It was just like you dread getting up in the morning. You dread going to work. You dread coming home. You dread going to bed at night. You dread the fact that you got to pay your bills or you've got to do, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, Monday morning. That so that was Saturday night, Sunday. Monday morning. Woke up and I was just like, you know what? We need to talk about value because all those things, honey, that was that I was just being tormented all night long, was over things that if I would have looked at it differently, all I needed to do was take that thing that I was so worried and so fearful and so dreading, and looked at it differently and put. Value on some of those things and put, you know, and see the worth in some of those things. I would not have seen them as dread. I would not have seen them as such fearful things or worse, worrisome things. So I wanted to come to talk this morning with you, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're watching this. And talk about value, and the th- the word value means relative worth or importance. It means estimated or assigned worth to consider with respect to to worth, excellence, usefulness, or importance to regard or ste- uh, to regard um, or esteem highly. Or highly.
0: So, I want to just set the stage here. So, it's great definition. So, first of all, I think it's good for people to hear that people like us—when I say like us, people that are in ministry—go um, through challenges, and that we we we're just human beings. I and mean, I don't say that like as if we um, are talking in a in a pious way. I mean that from the bottom of my heart, and that yes, we're called to preach the word of God, but. We tell on ourselves or tell what we're going through so that you can relate and know that you're not alone, you're not right. by yourself. That every
1: day is rosy and wonderful right. and you know, everything is just perfect.
0: And even though we're going to win the war, sometimes there's some battles that we end up losing along right. the way. But even with those, we're, we're learning, we're getting better, we're growing from them. And so and, until you're not really losing anything, actually, it's actually still good. But my point is, <clears throat> bringing it up, is that um, I wanted uh, – Pastor Robin shared that with all of us, because because if it can happen to her, it can happen to you. And I think honestly, you think the older you get, the more uh, wise you become, and you do. But also, there can be a lot of regrets and things that you didn't do a long life's mm-hmm. way, and the enemy can torment you over the. So when you get over the age of forty or so, you start to think like that. And um, so I want to just kind of challenge the people that are maybe over forty uh, that. Um, you know, you don't have to let the devil beat you up when you understand your value, when you know who you are. Psalms 8 says this in verse 3 through 6, says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man, and I love this, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him, for you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. He's telling you who you are. Mm -hmm. What is man? He's just a... Piece of dust, a speck of dust on the earth. No, not to God. You've made him. Watch this. Let's read it again. You have made him a little lower than the angels and crowned with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Now I, I could break that apart. I'm not going to today, but that is a powerful reminder of the value of who you are. And not to mention, it says he made you a little lower than angels. Now, that's the King James Version, which breaks down the New King James and so on. But when you actually study the word angels here, it's talking about Elohim, God. And so he's saying, I'm making you just a little lower than me. Even the angels will be subject to you because you're made just just slightly under me in the flow chart, the org chart rather of, of heaven and so uh, or, and out of the earth. And so you have power, and you have authority, but also you have value. Right. God says, I made you this way. honey God made us to have dominion over the works of his hand right This is how much he values right. us and he trusts us. And,
1: and he, so here's the thing. Now how many of you um, you ever watched that antique road show? You know, I, I I'll catch it every once in a while. And um, oh, yeah. so I was looking up some of the things about the show, some of the you know, the the you know, the big ticket things mm-hmm. that you know that people had gone in. And there was a woman who went in, and she had a portrait of her grandma. and it was done by a family friend. The grandpa had paid forty five hundred dollars to have this done. And so sh- this woman had taken it to an appraiser. And the appraiser said to her, it's worth nothing. Because, you know, it's just a, you know, a painting of your grandma. Um, you know, who's going to want that? It's just, it's just meaning to you. So it's worth nothing. But she takes it to the antique roadshow when it came to her town. And when she took it in and they looked at it, they realized that the artist was a famous artist now back then it was just a family friend they didn't even think anything about it it was a famous artist and when it was appraised now one appraiser said it's worth absolutely nothing when it was appraised by somebody who knew the artist somebody who knew who made that painting it, it was worth over seven hundred thousand dollars. wow come on and i just want to tell you know who who, who's telling you what your value is? Is it somebody who doesn't understand the value of who God created you to be? And they're telling you, you'll never amount to anything. You're 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 never gonna be anything. You know, I remember your past, you know, you're, you're just too family. Old. You're too old, you're too, too young. young, you're too ugly, you're too skinny, you're too whatever it is. And they don't understand the value. So they place their own value on you when God is saying, wait a second. I, this needs to be reappraised again because this is worth more. There was an, also another man, and there was a painting that had been passed down from his grandfather to his father to him, and 80 years this painting had been in the family, but nobody in the family really liked the painting, but because it had been in the family for all these years, nobody wanted to get rid of it. So the man who had it, the last... Um, because he didn't want to get rid of it, but he didn't like the painting. What he did was he hung the painting on the back of a door Mm -hmm. and the door was always open, which meant that the painting was between the door and the wall. And, you know, he was just, you know, thought, Hey, I'm just going to take this painting in just for the fact that, you know, we've had it for all these years. Maybe it's worth something. So he takes it into the show to be appraised. And the first thing that is said about this painting was in our in in the art world terms was it was uh, the painting was considered whereabouts unknown. Oh. That's what it was that's what the painting in the art world was considered. In other words, the art world knew that this painting was out there somewhere. They just didn't know where. sexual
0: category, they call it. Whereabouts unknown. unknown? So that
1: Hmm. painting is out there. We don't know where it's at. Somebody must have it somewhere, um, but we don't know. So the man brings this in. It's a painting. Art world is saying, whereabouts unknown. We would love to find this painting somewhere. The man brings it in, and he he says, I've just had it hanging on the back of the door for all these years. It was valued at $2.2 million. Wow. So I want to ask the question this morning, are you just hanging on the back of a door? Are you content to just be hanging there, just doing life? You get up in the morning, you go to work, you come home. Like a bathrobe, just
0: hanging on the back of a door.
1: And you don't understand the value. People around you don't understand your value because you're content with just hanging on the back of a door. And I wanted to read Matthew uh, ten twenty nine. Can 29 I do something before 31. you read that? Because I want,
0: I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to play off of something you said. Yeah. You said a minute ago about appraisal, mm-hmm. and that, and and it's an interesting thing because. Um, we're right now, as you know, in the middle of be- getting our uh, new loan for our, our building and uh, our, our church property, rather, and uh, we're pretty excited about it. And and, uh, and and things are moving ahead. And today, in fact, I was, we were here late to the studio because I was dealing with some of the th- things with the bank, and they are talking about it. The appra- they were actually talking about the appraisal. And the appraisal process basically is someone comes in and they walk through your facility. They have a checklist of the things that they have to check off the boxes they check off and then they walk your property and then they figure out the square footage and they figure out your property acreage and, and your parking situation and everything, everything from the roof to the parking lot to everything. And, um, um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they, and what they'll do is they'll take that them and they'll give you an appraisal, which is what it's, it's a, it's a, a number based on how they value the property. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we always go, well, I'd value it much higher because we have more than just money in this place. This is where we come to worship the Lord and so on. And so um, and so. I was thinking when you were saying that earlier about how God is the great appraiser. And when he comes, I love this. It just came to me, I believe it was by the Spirit of God. He comes, he comes every year to appraise us. Let's put it that way. And every time he comes, he hands us back to the appraiser and says, here's what how I value you. Mm-hmm. And when he writes down a number, here's the number, priceless. Yeah, because good. you cannot put a price tag on what Jesus did at the cross of Calvary, folks. Think about this. How valuable are you for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish would have everlasting life. That's the value. It his son's life was priceless. So, what's your your life valued at? There can't be a number put on it. It's so beautiful that it's, it's so wonderful until it reminds me of this. And I want you to read your scripture, mm-hmm. but it reminds me of the Old Testament, and the Bible says that God would inhabit the holy place in the tabernacle then into the temple once it was built and there were sacrifices that were made and then behind the veil was the mercy seat and that's where god dwelt was on that on that mercy seat that was his throne on earth and that's an awesome powerful thing and god would he dwelt there and he would deal with the priest but the priest would go in with fear and trembling why fear and trembling because you never want to go before god with any sin and sacrifices weren't done properly he went in with that sin he could be killed in the presence of god not that god would kill him but god's so perfect you can't go before him unless you die so he had to have a better sacrifice which made a better covenant through his son jesus and those who believe in him which i know you do and if you don't you can receive him today it's as simple as that but but you receive that sacrifice the sacrifice the blood of jesus which was priceless now god puts the value on you is priceless sin has a payment that payment valued at death but with us now that we've been born again valued as priceless which obviously leads to eternal life my point of bringing all that up is this when god could have no more holy no more righteous place to dwell on the earth than the tabernacle there was one place higher and that was going to be you and me once we were born again. And we were, we were completely made clean by the blood of Jesus. And now then, God comes inside. He lives in us. He and the Son make their home inside of us. And as a result of that, proving to us that there's no more pure place in the world. Talk about your worth. Wow. Talk about your value. When the devil comes to you, like came to my wife the other night and tried to make her feel worthless and that she was overwhelmed with all the thoughts wrong. Going on with whatever was going on with her. Um, the only thing she had to do and she did do was stand up and say, No, 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 wait a second. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not because of my goodness, but because of his goodness, he dwells in me, therefore proving that I am valued. That's right. Because if I wasn't, he would not be in me.
1: That good. Drop the mic. Boom, That's, right there. I know. We could we could end <laughs> it right now.
0: Now share your scripture, but, but just
1: getting that revelation. Yeah. Um, Matthew 10, 29 through 31 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Right. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And you know, I, I th- Here's 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 a here's some information you can wow your family and friends with if you want or you know little dis- party discussion time, um, but the Mona Lisa because I was talking about you know art and that at the beginning, and the Mona Lisa uh, I had the privilege when I was a teenager to actually go to Paris and go to the, to the Louvre yeah museum, and all the artwork that is in that one building. Is like you said. I mean, it's priceless, and yet God would. I mean, He could inhabit that. He could inhabit the most amazing temples or castles or whatever. And like you said, and what, what and us. what
0: is what is priceless, one of a kinds. That's right. You'll never find it again. That's right. There's never been anything like it before. Won't be anything like it after. That's it's right. a one of a kind, even like the Mona Lisa. Lisa.
1: Well, the Mona Lisa, um, you know, it's it's very small. Well, I, you're shocked when you go and you actually see it. It's only two and a half, like two and a half feet tall, not even two feet wide. Right. Um, but the thing about the Mona Lisa that... Wait, when, when
0: it traveled, did it, did it come through Milwaukee when it was in the States? I don't remember.
1: Oh, I don't think so. I don't think it did either. No.
0: But I remember it came, right? It came. I did it? Yeah, I think it came.
1: I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's been... Kind of there it, well, in in well, Europe. Was, so for,
0: for a great painting, they could have made her have less of an attitude. Was, you she could get got a coffee mug,
1: coffee mug with a picture on it. <laughs> okay, then, but anyways, so the Mona Lisa. So um, the thing, couple of things that make the Mona, Mona Lisa so unique, because you know the question was always why is it you know uh, so you know worth so much, and that was that Da Vinci came up with new techniques when he was painting it. One of the techniques that he came up with. Was that he used um, different um hues to make variations of colors and and outlines, where before artists would take, their, you know their paintbrush or their pens or whatever and they would make an outline and he came up with this technique and it's a French word, but the French word means without lines or borders. So he came up with this technique of how to paint without sketching it with lines and borders and that's a whole big thing right there that, that we could talk about. but um, the other thing that he did was that if you look at the Mona Lisa, if you look at her eyes, look directly into her eyes, her smile is in your peripheral vision. And when it's in your in your peripheral vision, it looks like she's smiling. But if you look at her smile, just at her smile, she's not really smiling. No. So he came up with this amazing technique that they're still studying to this day. How did he do what he did? And the Mona Lisa right now is valued at $867 million. She is on her way to being valued and appraised at a billion Billion, dollars. And that is just for a painting. And the reason that I wanted to bring up the Mona Lisa is because when you don't No. When you don't understand the value of something, you don't know. You just go and you just go, oh, it's just the Mona Lisa. Yeah, Da Vinci painted it. Um, You know, it hangs on the wall in Paris. But there's things that go into it. There's techniques that the artist did to make that painting such a one of a kind. And it just brings me back to the most simple of what you've been talking about, honey, is that the way God created us. You know, When you look at yourself in the mirror, and hey, I'm one that does it, you know, especially as I'm getting older, and I can look in the mirror, and I can tell you all my flaws, and I can tell you the things I don't like, but the thing is, is that I have to, I got to remember, and I've got to catch myself and say, wait a second, the artist, God himself, took the time to fashion me, took the time to design. The Mona Lisa is not the most beautiful woman in the world, but she is the most beautiful um, creation of Da Vinci. You are the most amazing creation of of, of our God. He took the time to fashion you and create you. He put that that knows just the way it is that you know the number of hairs on your head he knew exactly how tall you were gonna be he knew exactly the Trying. sound of your voice when you when you talked and i remember at the you know years ago of going there is no way i can talk in front of people because i don't like the sound of my voice but this is how god created me and when i think of those things when i understand those things my i my thinking has to shift And the revelation of who God is that not only did he fashion each and every one of us, but then he said, I love you so much. I think you are the most amazing thing on this planet that I want to adopt you. I have to have you as my child. I have to let you know that I want to be your father. I want you to be my child, and I value this relationship. I value that you're an that that you can be an heir to me. That's
0: good. And you know what? You know that's so good. That's so good. You know what I do when I look in the mirror? Hmm. I go (laughs) (laughs) hey. Yes, you do. That's a Fonzie
1: reference.
0: I'm uh, <laughs> happy to. Um, well, how, you, you
1: are. You are handsome. You can you, I'm actually you getting better
0: looking. You know what I'm saying? I can't help it. It is what it is. It is. I try not to dwell on it. Getting
1: better in eight with, with age. <laughs> That's too. right. Just but kidding. John 10 10, let's go back to the word. It says this out of the Amplified. It says, The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy is always going to come to try and devalue who you are. He's always going to come and, and put his own appraisal on you to tell you, you aren't worth anything. You'll never become anything that, um, you know, you've messed up your whole entire life or too much time has passed and you're never going to complete what God has wanted you. If, you know, you should have did it back when you were in your twenties and now you're in your fifties or sixties or seventies and it's too late for you. He's always going to come to try and kill, steal and destroy the value of who God created you to be. But it goes on and says, but I came that they, may have and enjoy life, mm-hmm. have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. See, you got to understand value is not about appearance. Value is not about what you own. It's not about possessions and it's not about accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to Mother Teresa or, you know, Corey Ten Boom, Billy Graham, you know, and the list could go on and on and on and on. It wasn't about their appearance or their possessions or their accomplishments. And I, I actually, I got so angry, honey, because um, I thought, I want to look up most influential people, um, you know, in 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 history. And I was so angry when I Googled it to see who who came up first. Mm -hmm. And it was like rap stars and social media influencers and Mm -hmm. different things like that. And all of it had like, and here's their net worth and here's their followers amount. And I was so angry because I'm like, the world has it, honey. They've got it so messed up that they think value comes because I've got this much money in my account or this many people as my followers or, you know, I look this certain way. And we have really have, you know, it's easy to jump into that worldview of value and we miss what God 110%.
0: Value. And I think that, I mean, every person that I feel like... Um, gets into that comparison game. Oh, yeah. You know, we start to compare ourselves with people, um, with our peers, with um, those that we look up to even that's not our peers, those that we think are our heroes. And it is a a black hole. It really, really is. You will never get out of it. You will always be discouraged because you'll find somebody who's better than you at something. And um, and I think that's part of the rat race. The enemy gets us, in. and and I and I, I believe that we should be successful in, in life. Um, I believe we should have excellence in everything that we do. I believe that we should be the best. But in that, I've had to learn. I have to learn to be the best version of who I am and who I'm called to be. That's right. Not the best go. person on the planet. There you go. As long as I'm the best at who God's called me to be and how much what he's placed in my life and my obedience. Because really success is not about um, show and tell. Right. All the great things I can show you and tell about um, uh, about what I've done. But success in the kingdom is my obedience to God. Did I do mm-hmm. what God asked me to do? And so us as pastors, uh, we see pastors all the time get in that, ra- that rat race. I did for years. Uh, I got competitive with my my peers because I wanted that, and I thought I deserved that. And how come my church doesn't have that kind of budget? And why don't I have those kind of um, um, things? And and uh, why don't I have that, that many people and all that stuff? It is a black hole that you'll get sucked into and you'll never, ever get out of. Right. But then I came to realization, and it has totally set me free, that my success is in my obedience. Did he call me here? Yeah. Did he tell me to do what I'm doing? Yes. Well, then... Be the best version of who God's called you to be within the contents of of your calling, of who you are. are, So many pastors, how many people leave their post to go somewhere else thinking the grass is greener on the other side? Well, it's not me. It's them, them. It's my demographics. It's the people that God sent me, blah, 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 blah. And they'll go somewhere else and have even worse results. Right. Why? Because they don't have the revelation of the value. Right. The value and the worth of who they are, and it's connected to who God thinks that they are, and there's a revelation. First Peter two nine says, "But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people." Right. Get a revelation of that. His own special people that you. Um, may claim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I may be a little dry throated today, but I got it out. Praise right. God. We are special in the sight of That's God. Right. We have value in the sight of God. And it frees you when you recognize, I don't have to compare. Right. I don't have to compete. I, I, I guess who? I'm I'm unique. I'm special. Right. I, I'm peculiar in, in that sense. And so... I just have to be the best version of myself.
1: Well, you know, and, and there's
0: value in that.
1: And when you value something, you treat it differently.
0: Oh know? yeah, hundred ten percent.
1: I mean, you know, you can if if you don't place value on something, you don't care if you lose it, you don't care, you know, right. if it gets broke or whatever. But when you value something, you treat it differently. And you know, um, I it, when it comes to things in life, you know, if you. have You need to learn how to value your marriage. When you value your marriage, when the tough time comes, you're not going to leave. You're going to stick it through because you value that. That's right. When you value your family and your friends, you're going to treat them a certain way. You're going to, um, you know, you're, you're going to, um, uh, you know, you, you're going to do whatever you can to be a blessing to them. You, you're going to love them to Jesus. If you value, um, you know, friendships, you're going to invest your time and energy. And I was thinking about this the other day, honey. Um, actually, this, uh, not actually the other day, I was thinking about this this morning. And um, we had both been given in the past um, Rolex watches, diamond encrusted. Yeah, and it even had a diamond on the face. Mm-hmm. And the value, you know, that, you know, was placed on it, um, you know, worldly value was uh I think five thousand dollars.
0: No 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 no. Was that ten thousand for mine, seven thousand for yours. Oh, was that, oh because Ye- of the diamonds. Yes.
1: Okay. Because they're diamond
0: crusted, yeah.
1: So um
0: And that was back that was back That
1: was a while 15 ago fifteen
0: years ago. Yeah. Yeah
1: and i loved this one in fact i i'm starting to pray in uh i'm, I'm praying in one because um what what i and, you know just because i loved it but what happened was was we had Ma- matthew barnett from the dream center um and from la um at the church and um they were doing he was getting ready to go back they were going to be doing this big auction and you could tell your story your part of the story with mm. that too but they were going to be doing a big auction and um, you had something of yours that you were going to give, and it was a last minute thing that you decided to do so that it could be auctioned off to raise money for the dream center. They were putting on, um, a new floor, um, you know, to well, I'll say what people.
0: it was, it was my motorcycle. It was a BMW, beautiful black. I mean, and I, I miss that, that, that bike to this day. Gorgeous bike. Guess what, folks? That bike was given to me. That that was a twenty thousand dollar or twenty two thousand uh, dollar bike that was given to me all those years ago. I gave it to the Dream Center. Uh, the Rolex watch that I had, uh, I also gave that away as well. But yeah. before all that, t- this took place. But go ahead and tell the rest of the story.
1: So I had the So as as I'm watching you um, give this to Matthew Barnett, I'm sitting there and I thought I. I want to. I want to seed in. I there's something that I am really believing God for, and that was for relationship. It was specifically for friendships, and I just really I was like, Lord, I want my um, my world to open up for new friendships, new relationships, new godly relationships. And so as I was sitting there, I said, I need to put seed in the ground. So all I had was. I looked down and I had my Rolex watch on and I took that off and it was right in the middle of service. And I took it off and I walked up and I said to Matthew Barnett, I said, I want to seed this into your wife. I said, now she can do whatever she wants with it. If she wants to keep it great. If she wants to use it for the auction, that's great too. But I'm seeding this in for something very specific for my personal life. Well, Matthew at the end of service, he had just put it like a little tweet out there or something that, you know, that he had been at our service and, you know, the great night and what had happened and what the gifts that were given. And I, we hadn't even left the parking lot yet. And I got a DM from a pastor's wife and just said, you know, I heard that you blessed my friend and when you bless my friend, you bless me. Mm -hmm. And I just want to thank you for that. Now, this particular pastor's wife was actually going to be doing a conference, and I had already planned to go to this conference. And I went, and when I got there, a woman had come over to me, and she said, The pastor would love to have you join her at her head table. Now, first time at a conference, nobody knew me, nobody had seen me, uh, you know, face to face or anything, and I was ushered over to the head table to sit. Well, through that relationship, and actually on that day, they took me and also put me in the front row at the conference to sit. And I was seated next to a woman that we I started a conversation with. We became immediate friends. Now, through this, and I'm not even thinking what I had sown and what I had been praying for, but through this relationship also opened up another relationship another friend that came in. And in fact, this friend would come and say to me over and over again, the first time I met you, I just started crying because I just felt by the, by the Lord that this was such a friendship from God. And again, I wasn't even thinking about the watch. I'd almost forgotten about it. We got an invitation in the mail a couple weeks ago, and it was by this pastor's wife. And it was an invitation to a birthday party and black tie only. Um, people were flying in from across the country, flying, some flying in on their private jets to be a part of this. And we were asked to be a part of this. We couldn't because I was actually going to be out of town and we couldn't go to this party. But I'm telling you this whole entire story because the world put a value on that watch. But when I gave it, And I, when I gave it, I said, God, I'm going to give this watch to you, but it's going to go to this person here, but I want to give it to you. And I want to see it. And when you give God what Mm. you have, you might not think you've got much. You might be like that person that just has a paint. You know, you think all you have is a painting hanging on the back of a wall, but when you give it to God and you say, God, I value you. And because I value you, I know that whatever I give you you are going to praise it as priceless,
0: and I think that it should be noted that you didn't really bring up the story that these friends that you're talking about. I uh, want the people to know they were they're notable people and they're people that were strategic in your life. They weren't just a, another friend, which is fine, mm-hmm. but they were strategic people. My point is is that when she gave that that gift, God put strategic people in her life. These are known people. They're not He's, people that are just. These are
1: not people that people. I could just walk up and say, hey, I would love to be your friend, or hey. everybody
0: wants to be their friend. It wasn't a
1: it was a circle that I could never ever myself put myself in. And that's why I was telling you the story at the end. God just took my little seed and said, All right, I am going to give you priceless that's friends. What the Bible I'm going to give you relationships that you yourself couldn't come up with. I'm going to do far above Amen. what you could even ask or think. Think. The Bible says I'm gonna that I'm going to give you that good life. Yeah,
0: it says that um, a man or woman's gifts will make room for them. That's right. And so when you were able to give, I want you to finish your thought about giving because we're almost out of time here. Yeah. I see you a little note there about that. I value my church. Talk about that yeah. for a second.
1: You know, I value my church, and when I value my church, and when you value your church, you are going to participate. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to serve. You're going to want to give because you value it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, we, we've talked about Our value, what we look at as being valuable, needs to change. And especially in these last days that we are coming into people, we have got to understand that it's not, you know, everybody says you can't take it with you. You know, what you're trying to save for, that's all great. We need to be savers. You know, it's great to, you know, have that wonderful house and that great car. All those things are wonderful. Um, Relationships are amazing. But what are we going to value in these last mm-hmm. days? Mm-hmm. I want us to value our church. These last days people are saying, you know, who cares about church? Who cares about God? Who cares about um community within the church? You know what God sees it as valuable. That's why he created
0: the church. And I think people are beginning to um, do that. I know in our church on Sundays, our yeah. crowds are beginning to grow. People are coming back. Um, I, mean, I say we're coming back. It's not true. Some are coming back, but a lot of new people, a lot of, a lot new. of new people. And, and
1: they're, they're, they see the value of church. They see the value of the word of God. They see the value of coming together mm. as a community of people that we can praise and worship our God together. They value the fact that, um, you know, uh, that, that I can be a blessing to somebody else's life. Mm. Or I, they see the value that, you know what, I'm worth coming to the house of God so that impartation can come into my life, so revelation can be stirred up as to who I am, so I can go back out into the world, back out into my sphere of influence, and be um, be a spokesperson for God, mm-hmm. be the arms and the feet and the mouthpiece for Jesus. And I want us to begin to just really focus and ask God, God, what is it that you value? And Man. whatever you value, that's what I want to value. Whatever you said this years ago, honey, when, it, when, when we started pastoring, Lord, I want to love what you love. Mm. And I want to value what you value. I want to see what's priceless in your eyes. And that's what I want to focus on. That's what I want to go after. That's what I want to aspire to be.
0: And another revelation that God gave me early on, early, early on in my 20s, and it just, it came out of prayer. And I said these words, I said, I don't want to be something I'm not, but everything that I am. And I think that gave me such, yeah. um, it was a revelation to me. I don't have to try to be put on airs. I can be who God's called me to be. I'm going to pray right now. We're going to we're going to end this this broadcast, but not before we 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 call out to God on your behalf. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come before you. Robin and I come, Lord God, before these people today they are so special and to tune in, Lord God, and to trust us with the word of, of the Lord. And Lord God, we just right now. <clears throat> We bind every spirit of insecurity and fear and and, and, uh, and, and intimidation and timidity to make people feel small, um, like they don't count. They don't matter. They're just another number, if that. That's a lie out of the pit of hell. And we break that stranglehold now in Jesus' name. And the Holy Spirit, you would stir up to remembrance who they are. There are things you put inside of them that made them so happy, but they've lost it. I just feel it. I feel that so strong as you've, they've lost it along the way. But Holy Spirit, remind them of who they are, I pray, in Jesus' precious name, that they may have a deep, deep-seated revelation of their value and their worth in the kingdom, in the family, in life, on the job, in their friendships and fellowship. We pray now in the name of Jesus Christ. And we give you thanks and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, praise God. It's been a great break. You want to say anything else before no, we
1: go? No. I just, I hope that this has just brought you some joy, some peace, um, some excitement. Amen. I hope that, you know, when you're done listening to this, you know, go tell somebody else. Say, you know what? You are priceless to me. You're priceless to God. And, you know, start, you know, Helping somebody else to feel that they're valuable too.
0: Amen. 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 Well, until next time, we'll see you then.